Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Genevieve Perturo of GenevievePerturo.com. Genevieve, it's awesome to have you on the show. Hi, Gresh. Lovely to be here. No problem. Super excited to have you on. And before we jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Genevieve so you can hear about all the awesome things that she's doing. Genevieve was a TV executive in NYC for 20 years when a little girl's question changed the course of her life, and she jumped off the corporate ladder. She began delivering pajamas and books to children in shelters and in 2001 founded Pajama Program, a national nonprofit which is recognized for both its success to date having delivered 7 million new pajamas and new books to children and Genevieve's story. Genevieve is a professional speaker and consultant inspiring people to listen to their heart and heart voice connection to achieve success. Her first book, Purpose and Passion, Purpose, Passion and Pajamas, How to Transform Your Life, Embrace the Human Connection and Lead with Meaning was just released on August 4th. Genevieve has been interviewed on various media, including Oprah, Today, Good Morning America, CNN, Fox and Friends, O Magazine, and Forbes, and is the recipient of very many awards. Genevieve, great to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? I'm ready, Gresh. Let's do it. So to kick everything off, I know I touched on it a little bit. I wanted to hear a little bit more about your CEO story. We'll let you to get started with all the awesome things you're working on. Well, you know, growing up, the first of four in an Italian family, and I mean Italian, my father off the boat, <laughs> wanted us to get an education. That's why he came to this country. You know, his father brought him here. And um, I also think because there were two girls and two boys, he expected the girls to have a family, you know, grandchildren. But education was always first. And for some reason, I did not have that ticking clock to have children, but I did have that Mary Tyler Moore clock. I wanted to be Mary Tyler Moore. I wanted to be the woman VP or president of some something in TV journalism. And everything she did, I just loved. I wanted to be single. I wanted to be successful. I wanted to live on my own in a big city. I watched her, you know, late at night hiding, you know, when I wasn't supposed to be up. And I was on my way. So I, that's where I was headed. I went to college as my dad wanted. But I got a job and I wanted a career. So, you know, I know that both my parents were a little unsure of what I was doing as the first of their four, but there was no question in my mind. So I did that. I started working in Manhattan, became a workaholic very quickly, climbing the corporate ladder of the corporate of the television syndication business, which is basically reruns. And I loved it. And it was a time when um, money was flowing in the 80s never been a time like that since which is which is a good thing looking back and you know through my life now but um it was a really good life and i and i loved it and what happened fresh is that in my late 30s being single living in the you know in um, riverdale right outside manhattan having this really great job and fun life i heard a voice in me one afternoon in my co-op and it was just me. 
And though I looked around and I heard it, I knew where it came from. And it came from my heart. And it wasn't a voice in my head. I have those too. But the voice said to me in a whisper, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is it enough? And it was, it was such a shock first to hear it. I sat down and instantly I knew the answer was no. I had missed something. There was something in, in my heart that made me ask myself that question that was missing. And I realized I was alone. I would be alone. I was working so much. I was having fun, but it meant nothing. It wasn't helping anyone. It was making people rich and successful. I had nice things, but it was empty. In a second, that came to me. And I, had, I knew I had to make a change. Mm, that's extremely powerful. And I, I mean, I think there's so many people that probably are listening to this can definitely resonate with that and, and kind of going through, um, I guess, the, the, the day in day activities and operation and being driven towards reaching goals and aspirations that sometimes we kind of forget or maybe our reminder might be a better way to say it of what we ultimately want to do not to say that what we're doing isn't necessarily that but just maybe there needs to be a time to kind of pivot or, or make a shift yeah it, it came to me in that way um you know and it's never too late but of course i i thought you know people who had those aha moments or or change their lives so dramatically to do good were, you know, famous, rich people or people from history change the world. I didn't think ordinary people could have that epiphany mm. or have that voice. And maybe we all do. We don't listen to it. And maybe I've had it a million times before that day. And that was the day I listened to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny that you say that because I always felt like I was a big believer that we, sometimes we get small signs and then they start to build up and get louder and start to really <laughs> shake you. Right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Especially for hard-headed people like me, a lot of times you have to get that to really know that you need to make that change. So, I think you're right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, t I guess tell me a little bit about what that change encompassed, what exactly you positioned to and how you create that organization that provides so much value. Sure. Well, I didn't know what, what to do in that moment. So I immediately knew a couple of things that uh, what I was doing had no meaning other than financial, really, and, and status, you know, because I wanted something. I had colleagues and, my, you know, everyone was on the same path. But I wanted to find something that made a difference. And when I realized at 38, I didn't have children. Well, obviously, I knew that. I didn't just realize at that moment. But <laughs> I realized it was probably a little late to start figuring that part out, I thought, how else can I get children in my life? Because I knew that was missing. And with nephews and nieces, I loved and adored. I wanted more of that, a little closer to me. And I thought I could read to children in shelters, maybe. I read the papers, we all do, see the news reports of, you know, what happens to some of these children who are brought to shelters, what happened to bring them there, and it was horrific. And pre-9-11, you could do what I did. I simply called the police, and I asked them, where do you bring the children that are harmed in the middle of the night that we read about? Where do they go? Who takes care of them? And they gave me some names of shelters. I started calling around and I literally said to anyone who answered, hi, I'm a nice lady. Can I come and read to the kids at night after work? <laughs> Again, before 9-11, mm -hmm. you could do that. 
and I was well received. I said, how lovely. Sure. Come on in. So there off I went in my business suit with a bag full of children's storybooks off to the shelters. And the first time I'll, I'll never forget, I was obviously ridiculously overdressed in, in a ridiculous costume compared to what was really what my reality was going to be within five minutes there. And there weren't places for me to sit because it was a pretty bare room in a shelter that was, um, I think it was hidden because I had to be escorted up. And I was, I was told this by police and some other people that a lot of them don't even have a name on the door. You know, there are emergency shelters for, for women sometimes who are running with a baby or children. So I was sitting, I w went up, there was a very bare room. There weren't chairs that I could sit in. There were small little chairs. So I sat on the floor, my bag, in my business suit. And in comes a group of about a dozen kids with a staffer. And they were, they were just so meek. There were about a dozen boys and girls. They were maybe five to eight years old. They quietly came in. They saw me sitting on the floor. They sat on the floor with me. I opened the bag. I took out a book. I was so, I was a fish out of water. They were so quiet. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was just so ignorant. I thought I'd make a party. It was not a party atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So I started to read the stories and it was very quiet. And I was very quiet and I showed the pictures like the teacher does. So this happened week after week, different places I'd go to. Some I'd return, always different children. And one night I got up and I, followed where the staff were taking these children to go to sleep in the other room. And I peered in and it broke my heart. It was all it had in there were two or three or four couches or, or futons or cots, single, single beds, like a child bed. And if there were, you know, more than the number of beds of children, then they would be coupled up two or three on the surface. Some of them were, were hugging. Some of them were crying, nothing to change into. The staff were lovely, but it wasn't the bedtime I had. And I immediately went back. And I was flooded with memories going back to when my mom had bedtime for us four kids. It was so much fun. We put our pajamas on and we protested. We don't want to put our pajamas on. She'd bring us a snack. We'd want more snacks. We'd giggle. She'd read us the stories or she'd make up stories. We had warm pajamas and we got to pick which ones we wanted to wear. She snuggled with us. She tucked us in, kissed us and, you know, I love you, sweet dreams. And off we went back, you know, right to sleep into dreams. Never afraid, always just took for granted she'd be there in the morning and everything would be okay, even if we had a bad day. So all of that just came racing into my, into my brain. And that's what I remembered. And as they, were, as they were leading me out the door, I turned and I said, do you think I could bring some pajamas next week? I don't know why I said that. It just sort of fell out of my mouth. And the woman said, oh, that would be so nice. No one's ever thought of that. We try to do the best we can, but that would be so nice. So all week, you know, I didn't think about my job. All I could think about were those kids and how many pajamas and how many kids, no one can tell me who'd be there. And I went shopping nearly every night, looking for sales, buying every size, every, every shape I could so that not one child would be left out. Could you take us through exactly like what you're doing with the organization and, and what you feel kind of sets that organization apart and makes it unique at Secret Sauce, so to speak? 
I think early on, because I didn't tell many people, because I, I really was, I, I didn't know how it would be received. You know, I, I, I couldn't imagine telling my colleagues. And actually, I did try to tell a friend of mine and she laughed at me. And it, that set me back emotionally from telling anybody else. So I went to my parents and uh, my dad was a little skeptical, but it came around. But my mother understood. You know, she's, she's a wonderful mother. She's a loving mother. She got it. And she figured all the other stuff about making a living would come. And at, this, at the time, you know, sometimes, not sometimes, shouldn't say sometimes, always, when you're on your path, the universe is your partner, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're nodding, so you get it. Yes. And I met a man who was the right man. And he was the right man because when I told him what I was thinking about doing, he said, go for it. He didn't say, what about your money? What about our money? What about this? What? So anyway, from that moment on, I had somebody whose support meant everything to me. My mom's, so I had two cheerleading squad members, I say, and that is, that is so necessary for anyone starting anything to have those people rallying for you because there'll be plenty of naysayers. So because it was so small and it was just me and then my husband helped me and my mom was cheering me on, I had to pick something small. So I thought bedtime, it was horrific what I saw, pajamas and books. That's all I could manage. And for 20 years, next year pajama program will be 20 years. I did this for two or three years before getting our 501c3 because I didn't even know what that was. That's a whole other story. Um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? Oh, I meditate every morning. Mm. I would say that first. Um, I lead with, I, I try to, um, if I have a hard time with something or someone, I try to imagine that there might be something going on that's below the surface. So before taking it personally, I try to be gentler. And maybe that's something that's come out of the last six months for me. I'd like to say I've always been that way, but I have been so conscious of it now because so many things are not personal that I think we take as being personal. And I think if we take a breath and, and say there might be something really difficult for this person in the moment and I happen to be the one that's standing here with that person. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and so now I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be a word of wisdom or a piece of advice. It might be something if you were to hop into a time machine, you would tell your younger business self. Listen to your heart voice. Listen to it. It's, it's talking. And if you don't hear it, ask it to speak up. Awesome. And so now I want to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Genevieve, what does being a CEO mean to you? I, I would say the first thing that comes to mind is an acronym. And I would say compassion, equity, and hmm, what's a good O. I would say we all need a little pizzazz. So maybe a little ole. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I feel like that Olay goes right in line with passion and, you know, all those things we need a, a little bit or a lot of bit of Olay in our lives. So um, I love that acronym and that definition and that perspective because it, it just kind of encompasses everything uh, that you talked about and that uh, we should all be standing for. So truly appreciate that. And I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you want to let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get a copy of the book and hear about all the awesome things you're working on everything is on my website genevievepaturo.com um, of course pajamaprogram.org is where you can find all things pajama program and my book audiobook and kindle ebook will be on amazon so 
that's where you can find everything and everyone. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much, Genevieve. What we'll do is we'll have the links and information in the show notes as well, too, so that everybody can click through and, and, uh, and get a copy of the book and find out about all the awesome things. I thank you so much for that. And, and I thank you so much for what you do. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Grab CEO gear at www.ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless. Thank you for listening.